This reading narrates Isaiah's vision of the Lord surrounded by angels. They sing, Holy, 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 a song the church sings at the beginning of the great Thanksgiving. This liturgical text invites the church and all creation to sing in praise of God's glory. That glory is God's mercy toward sinners. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am I, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Years ago, there was a book written by uh, Philip Yancey called The Jesus I Never Knew. And it was trying to get a look at Jesus and how he related to people from a different perspective. Also years ago was a book written by Robert Morris called The God I Never Knew. And that's about the Holy Spirit. There's been a lot of those kind of books about the Holy Spirit. One called The Unknown God. Francis Chan has one called The Forgotten God. Uh, Somehow we don't know much about the Spirit. But... There's always been some sense of mystery about God. You know, there's things, and and they seem to be talking a lot about what we don't know about God. But I'm going to do something different today because I'm not going to tell you anything new. So my sermon title is The God I Always Knew. And and we're going to, we're going to, you know, I'm just going to share a few thoughts with you. Uh, about things that you probably already know and maybe kind of put them into a little perspective. So the first thing that we know uh, uh, is about God, who is the creator of everything. I mean, God is awesome and magnificent. And you remember what uh, Isaiah said in his vision. He said, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and a train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And when they sang that out, the doorposts and thresholds shook. The temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah said, Woe is me. I am ruined, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, it's easy for us to think about God being the Lord Almighty and being magnificent and powerful. I mean, think about it. He created the world with just a word, maybe a wave of his hand if he had a hand. But, you know, just that 
easy it was for him to create everything that we know and have. When he gave the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, what, how do we picture that mountain? There was thunder and there was cloud and smoke and all this kind of stuff, and we see this magnificent God. And then we see Isaiah's vision where he's sitting on the throne, and, and when, when the seraphim sing out, everything is shaken, and he's got a, the train from his robe just fills the whole place. And they say his glory fills all the earth. It's easy for us to see God that way. And it's easy to understand why Isaiah would say, Whoa, it's me. You know, what am I doing here? God told us in the Old Testament that, you know, he, he couldn't see him. Remember when, when he walked by Moses and he wanted to see him and he had to hide his, or not Moses, uh, Elijah, and he had to hide his face? He said, because if you saw him, you'd die. <laughs> well, there's Isaiah saying, Woe is me, because I've seen him. So it's easy to imagine God that way, and we do. If you think about God being that big and that powerful and that mighty, and then we think about the way we live our lives sometimes and the things that we do, well, it can be a little scary, can't it? You know, God's way off there somewhere, big and powerful and mighty, and here I am, puny little me who doesn't deserve anything, and he could squash me like a bug if he wanted. So we see God revealed that way. He reveals himself to us as mighty and almighty and powerful. But then we also see God revealed to us in Jesus as our Savior. And so he takes on flesh and blood and becomes very real to us, not some distant you know, being on a mountain or, or on a throne or something like that, but he's right here. He's in our face. Somebody that can be seen and touched and walked with and listened to and becomes very, very real. Still God, but in a form that we can see and touch. And, and even at that, listen to what, and this is uh, in the, in the uh, second lesson that we read. He says, listen, fellow Israelites, Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited credited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him. So even though Jesus now is here as a flesh and blood manifestation of God in our presence, God's still doing these awesome, powerful things that he did at the beginning and that, that Isaiah saw in his vision. But he's still now he's doing it through Jesus in a way that's very real to us and that people can, can stand and watch and somebody that they can talk to. But that isn't why he came. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan, so Jesus was given to us by God's plan, but you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. That was the plan. Not just that he could come down in human form and demonstrate his power again. Okay, Everybody knew, they understood God's power. So that wasn't why Jesus came, although he did that while he was here. What he came for was to take care of a problem. A problem that went all the way back to Adam and Eve. A problem about a broken relationship between us 
and God. And so Jesus was the way to fix that. God in human form was the way that was going to get fixed. And so he paid the penalty that we owed. And then God said, anybody that accepts my son, that accepts Christ and has faith in Christ, well, I'll let what he did count for them. And so he's done that for you. What Jesus did counts for you, for you and me. What we couldn't do ourselves, Jesus has done. But then Jesus went back. And remember, in one of last week's lessons, he said, if I don't go back, I can't send the counselor to you. If you still have me physically in your presence, then I'm limited in what I can do. But if I go back, I can send the counselor to you, the comforter, the one who will lead you into the truth, and I can put him inside you. And that's the spirit. That's the essence of God that's in us. That's the power and the love of God that when Jesus went back, he sends to us and that he puts inside of us. In fact, it says it, exalted to the right hand of God, that's where Jesus is, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. I think somebody just came in. So that spirit has been given to us. It's been poured out on us. In fact, it's been poured into us. And it's God's power and God's love that Jesus has sent to us when he went back. And so now, do you see the progression on how God reveals himself to us? The first thing is, God is, is otherworldly, on his throne, separate from us, very powerful, the, the ruler, the, the almighty God, he's up there. But then, then he comes near to us in the form of Jesus. He's in our face. He's a physical being. That, that we can identify with, that we can paint pictures of, that we can make movies about, you know, a character that, that, that is more real to us. And then the next step is he's inside of us as he sends his spirit. So God starts way out there, and then he comes near in Jesus, and then he comes inside of us. It's all the same God. But we have, there's three different ways that he reveals himself to us. And so now, that God lives inside of us. So it's not like he came near in Jesus where at least the disciples could reach out and touch him and shake his hand and walk with him. But now he's reached inside of us and touched us and made us his children. But now, what did Isaiah say? When he said, I'm a man of unclean lips, and here it is. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar, okay, from God, okay, from the altar where God is. And with it he touched me. He touched my mouth. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. And what happens when God touches us? Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And when that happens, the relationship between us and God is repaired. And we're made whole again. And when we're made whole, 
God sees us as pure through Christ, as perfect through Christ. So then Isaiah says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Who's going to go tell people about this? Who's going to go out and let people know that this is here for them, that I can touch them too? And Isaiah says, Here am I. Send me. God has changed us on the inside. He's come to us in a very real way. And he's made himself a part of our lives. And he says, but now I need something from you. I need you to share that. I need you to share that news. I need you to go and let people know that I'm God Almighty that came near in Jesus and I can live in them. Here I am. And so we're going to sing that song, okay? It's printed out also on, on uh, an insert in your bulletin. Um, Here I am, send me, or I the Lord. So we're going, to, uh, we're going to do that one. And if you all please rise, because we're standing in the presence of God, <laughs> and we're offering ourselves uh, to his service in this song. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in darkness sin, my hand will save. I, who make the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go.
of wind and flame. I will tend the poor and lame. I will set a feast for them. My hand will sing. Finest bread I will provide till their hearts be satisfied. I will give my life for them. 